It's time for Dima Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Dima Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Dima National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Dima Live. When you think about art, there are certain things that come up, and one of the most important things is theft. Interpol, the International Police Organization, estimates that over 60,000 works of art are stolen. Today on Dima Live, we're going to be talking with, about art theft with Bill Anderson from ArtGuard. Stay tuned to learn more about how to keep these precious works of art that are in that are in your hands, keeping them safe and secure. Welcome to Dima Live. Dima Live is an online radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. Dima Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. My name is Matthew Hack, and I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association. I'm also going to be joined today by my co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional that's based in the snowy New York area. If you <laughs> would like to chat with us online and uh, other listeners, please feel free to do so. You can do that by registering at the blogtalkradio.com website. If you'd like to submit a question or our guest during the show, please feel free to text those questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, the phone number to text your questions to is 313-404-3998. DJ, uh, welcome to the show. Obviously, uh, uh, I'm a little bit out of practice here with the intro, so uh, uh, we're going to have to start uh, getting back on, on a routine basis here. How, uh, how have the last couple of weeks been for you? Two weeks off and you fall apart on us here. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, uh, <laughs> that's all right. We're, we're doing good here in New York. We had a big storm yesterday, but uh, recovery is going well and uh, everything is good. Um, but, you know, I am excited about today's show, man. I don't know if you realize this, but this is our 50th episode for Dima Live. So we're wow. kind of, uh, making a big landmark day today for us on our podcast. And so the last couple of weeks I've been thinking about what we can do to improve the podcast, and I have some ideas for some things that we might want to do here in the future. But I wanted to reach out to anybody that's listening to the show and just ask them to give us their feedback on what they would like to see in the show and what we could be doing better in the future. So uh, anybody who has some thoughts or ideas on podcasts or things that Matt and I could be doing better, we'd love to hear about them for our next 50 uh, episodes. Just don't be too hard on us, right? Yeah, just understand we're we're rookies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well listen, let's let's go ahead and get the show rocking and rolling. Um we have a special guest today. Uh they are a new uh member with the association. Uh Bill Anderson from ArtGuard is uh taking time out of his schedule to join us, and we are extremely excited to have Bill on the show and uh definitely wanted to uh be able to get the good word about what Bill has to talk about out on the airwaves. So, Bill, welcome to Dima Live. Great to be here, and congratulations on your 50th. 
Thank you. Well, I'm not 50, but uh, I'm not going to claim <laughs> that yet. But uh, the 50th show, I, I will absolutely take. And, uh, you know, I want to give kudos to DJ. He keeps me on point and uh, keeps this thing rocking and rolling and moving forward for all the private service professionals and principals that are out there. So we're really excited uh, to be able to continue to do that. So um, moving forward here, uh, let, let's uh, before we get too far down the road here, and uh, I wanted to take a moment and give our listeners a chance to learn a little bit more about uh, ArtGuard, and tell us a little bit about yourself at the same time, Bill. Great. Um, I started out early in my career in in marketing solar and cogeneration systems, so I got some some good technical background experience with that, and then I went into publishing, first in the technical area, and then uh, more general. Um, again, with an emphasis on marketing. So when the opportunity of ArtGuard came along and, and we launched, um, it was a it was a great point to uh, converge uh, both that technical and marketing experience. Uh, ArtGuard started from a conversation my now partner and I were having with a New York City gallery owner, well-known gallery, and um, we just kind of asked her offhandedly what the situation with theft was of art. This is 10 years ago. And um, she said uh, basically that uh, it wasn't at all surprising to hear that a number of galleries were using marbles behind the frames of their paintings. So that when a, a painting was lifted away from the wall, the marbles would fall and alert anybody to the, in the gallery that, uh, that something has happened. Well, we were kind of astounded by that, that there wasn't anything that would uh, indicate with an alarm that a, uh, that a painting was, was lifted. So my partner, being a, an industrial designer and artist, um, went to work very quickly with this, and, and within a short period of time we had our first product, which was SafeHook, which is a, a standalone battery-powered sensor uh, for preventing uh, grab-and-run theft of uh, hanging works. And um, since that time, we've sold SafeHook to galleries and museums you know, the world over. Um, we had a number of interim products, and then um, around 2013, uh, we uh, devised another uh, means of protection, kind of in answer to calls for more comprehensive uh, wireless 24-hour protection of art and assets. And uh, we worked with a, a company of Elk, in uh, North Carolina called Elk Products, um, which I'm sure many of the, uh, uh, the house managers, are, our ADEMA members, are, are familiar with because it's a, a leader in, um, in uh, uh, home security. Um, and we uh, patented, as a result of that, patented uh, another product called MAP, which stands for Magnetic Asset Protection. And um, and then in uh, 2016, we uh, came out with uh, the MAP system in response to calls for something that was simple and, and dedicated uh, and, and essentially self-installed, more a nod toward uh, home automation. So that's where we are at the current, uh, current date. So let me get this straight. How long ago were people using marbles uh, still in, in there to protect their assets. I would not be surprised if people are still using marbles. Are you kidding Actually. me? Really? No, not at all. That's amazing. I can't. Can you believe that, DJ? 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and, you and, do and, believe you know, it. We, often, <laughs> we often, but we often take it. You know, it, it, I'm amazed. Some of the houses that I've gone and visited, some things are very. You think you would think everything would be state of the art, top of the line, but that's not always the case, Matt. I I would totally agree with Bill in that regard. Yeah, that's wow, an, that's, that's an assumption that you really want to make. Man, that is amazing. Well, this yeah. is this is great. Then it's a relevant topic to be able to help everybody kind of get everything up to date in the homes that they manage. Uh, if if you're still using marbles, uh, don't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> give, give Bill a call, right? So um, tell us a little bit more we've about up, our, we've our upgraded colored. We've upgraded the colored marbles at our at our place. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Cat's eyes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, uh, Bill. So let, let's keep going here. Tell us a little bit more about art theft and how big of a problem is it? Maybe that's why everyone's still using marbles. Well, I think that that's that's a, the perfect transition into that question because um, I, I think that people using rudimentary methods is probably a result of of uh, kind of lack of information that exists in the market. So. How big is the problem? No one really knows is the short answer. Um, when we came into the uh, in, into the industry uh, back in 2006 or seven, the FBI came out with a figure of six billion dollars, which was their estimation of annual theft of artwork. Um, and uh, they have since disavowed that figure because they've they've been completely unable to to verify that. And um, and based on the on that same lack of information, um, you know, are unable to uh, you know to to put a hard figure on it. Um, but they will still say that that art theft is uh, is the number three um, uh, black market uh, th- uh, uh, crime behind guns and and drugs. But the you know the reason we, you know one of the reasons that we don't. Uh, aren't, aren't aware of the of the magnitude of the of the problem is because there are a lot of people that basically take our eye off it. I mean, pundits every, every time a, a, a theft is uh, is written up, or a large theft occurs, and it's it's reported in the media. Um, one of the major pundits in the industry is asked for their for their opinion, and virtually every time uh, they they respond to this, they say uh, that there's really no sense in stealing high-priced art because it can't be fenced. Well, the fact is it can be fenced, and, and uh, you know, I think that that is, is probably a highly irresponsible statement to make because, you know, it just causes people to relax. But the other, you know, the other problem is underreporting in general in the industry. It's a notoriously secretive industry, you know, lives, lives on intrigue. So, um uh, people won't report uh, for various reasons. Could it, it could be privacy, uh, could be embarrassment uh, over the theft, particularly large institutions which depend on on funding. Um, it could be tax evasion um, or just lack of confidence in the authorities. There's only there's only so, one so, police well one one police department in the country that has an art theft uh, a squad. So um, you know it, you know police just don't know what they're looking for. Bill, Bill, I'm sorry, I'd you like say? Ask, yeah, I, well, I'd like to ask, what, what is it? I mean, let's do a little CSI here. What, what is sure. the, What are the motivations? What What is the motivator? If you're saying that that people don't think that you know things can be fenced, what are some of the motivations behind art being stolen 
And and what what's going on in the mind of a criminal that would be would be stealing something like this? Well, I mean, they you know they there are a number of motivations, and, and it depends on the sophistication of the uh, of the uh, the criminal. Um, a, a more sophisticated uh, criminal is is certainly going to um, uh, either either steal to to resell. Um, and uh, they may or may not know exactly where they're going to to resell that. In fact, some thefts are commissioned. Uh, you know, it could be it could be used as collateral. Uh, the Gardner Museum in, in Boston had a famous heist 20, uh, 26 years ago now, and 14 major pieces were stolen. They know exactly who stole it, but who stole them, but uh, they can't. Uh, you know they can't find the pieces and they can't get that person to talk. So he's obviously holding up for you know for some uh, you know major chip to play. Um, but as I said, they can be fenced, they can be commissioned, they can be um, held uh, until a statute of limitations runs out uh, and 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 uh, get insurance money, um, or it could be insurance fraud. Um, you know. Uh, Although talking with people, I don't I don't find that to be uh, much of the case. Uh, revenge may be a a, a motivation. Uh, I saw that recently in a major theft in Florida, where a, a woman and her boyfriend uh, she was getting back at her husband, so she stole all his uh, all his sculpture from from outside the house. So it could be a variety of things, and and uh, you know it's 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 hard to uh, you know it's hard to put your finger on it. Yeah. But well, listen, I. I think the point, the, the one point I was going to make is that only three to five percent of stolen art is ever recovered, and I think that is a a, a major point that should stick with people. Well, if that if that's a major point, I mean, I know I know how jewelry is recovered because I watched the Great Muppet Caper and uh, I found out about the diamond, the uh, baseball diamond that was recovered. So I know how that's recovered, but obviously. With the percentage of art that you're talking about, you said what three percent, four percent is actually recovered. Three to five percent generally. That's 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 overall art. High high value art, ten percent, uh, because there's a organization in in um, in uh, in London called the Art Loss Register that uh, you know is is devoted to recovering this. Uh, but uh, overall, three to five percent. Okay. Well, with with those numbers, then that means that. There's not a lot of recovery once once the artwork's stolen. Um, where where is this art at, and why why is it not tracked? Well, it's uh, you know it it could be um, you know it could be gone in a matter of days out of the country, um, and you know provenance change. These are highly sophisticated thieves. They'll change the provenance on the work and, uh, you know, bury it in the system somewhere. So, you know, it may never be found. Um, hey, hey, hold on uh, one second, be, Bill. Hey, yeah. Bill, real, real quick, though. I, I, I have a question I have to ask this, and that's sure. if someone steals a piece of artwork, right, and like what you're saying, it gets buried or, or gets put someplace, what is the purpose of having that piece of art if, if you can't claim it as value? Right, because they're they're, well, again, they're hiding they, this this artwork, right? Yeah, they may just be holding out for, as, as I said before, an insurance payout, uh, or a uh, you know, or or a chip to play with the authorities. You know, the okay. mafia mafia is uh, is 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 famous for this. Um, you know, just holding holding pieces to uh, 
you know, to leverage with uh, with the authorities. But okay. to really cool. follow, yeah, just yeah. to uh, you know to to follow up on that, you know, further. Um, uh, it you know it could be uh, there. There are a number of of uh, downsides to this. Uh, you know, it could be destroyed or melted. Um, if it's recovered, it could be many years later, 30, 40 years, and then it's out of the public's eye, and um, and the insurance companies have to you know uh, pay that out and. Oftentimes, the you know the by the time the work is recovered, the the value of the work has gone up a thousand percent, and then that you know what ensues in that case is a lot of nastiness, lawsuits, and et cetera. Um, so um, you know, it, it, there's the, again, there's really no no way to determine what uh, what happens with the work or uh, or or how it's how it's secreted. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, let me let me just cut in here. One of the things that I find in talking to my fellow folks who work in private service that can be a little intimidating is when we work in high-end homes, oftentimes you're charged with care of this incredibly valuable object. I mean, multi-million dollar paintings, uh, uh, crystal uh, sculpture, just some incredibly highly valuable items. And I know that a lot of times what happens is our principals will in some ways delegate to their staff the care and the accounting and the maintenance of these items that they cherish. And so what I find is a little daunting is just the, the ability to, to take care of and, and to be accounting for these things for our principals. And especially like when we have like vendors that come in the homes and like, they have sticky fingers sometimes, and it's not sure. easy to keep track of where everybody is all the time when they're working inside of the home. So yeah. I'd like to know how your system works, what, how, what is it that ArtGuard does, and, and tell us kind of how we can help ourselves with your product. Yeah, well, let me, let me just touch very briefly on, 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 on that with a, with a key point. Over 50% of art theft is from homes. Um, which is which is something that that a lot of people don't realize, and and what, what's particularly um, uh, important is that if a if a home has a, a security system, uh, a an intrusion or perimeter security system, the point is that that's off 16 hours a day to allow movement uh, of right. an activity in the home, staff, mm-hmm. workers, guests, uh, visitors, family, even, and this is exactly mm-hmm. when most theft occurs. Um, so it may, may, you know, it could very well be someone who's entrusted with the care of the assets. Uh, so this is not necessarily break, you know, break in. So what is needed is really blended or layered security, and this is what art security consultants will will recommend. And and one of those, one of those layers should be object specific protection. So regardless of whether the security is on, off, or compromised, um, the assets are protected 24/7. And um, so the, um, the, the, art, the, the map sensor um, is a, you know, is a, it consists of a sensor and a rare earth magnet uh, th- that, you know, is detected by the sensor. The movement of that uh, d- rare earth ma- magnet is detected by the sensor. So this is kind of revolutionary because what goes on the work 
as opposed to a sensor in, in, a, in a normal sense that would be a motion sensor or a vibration sensor or something like that. What goes on the work is a tiny rare earth magnet, sometimes very tiny. And um, that could be on the back of a painting or it could be under, on, or in a, a, a 3D or seated object, whatever that, whatever that is. It could be a piece of jewelry, it could be a sculpture, it could be uh, you know, a, a vase, a collectible, memorabilia, a bottle of wine, anything. And um, then within uh, close proximity, the sensor is placed in, in the case of a, uh, a painting on the wall behind the painting, uh, or it could be even in the wall if it's a permanent uh, 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 piece. Uh, or in the case of a, a seated piece, it's going to be under the supporting surface normally. Um, so, you know, within, within one to six inches normally. And so once that's enrolled in a security panel, um, any movement of either the sensor or the magnet, so you can't just, you know, reach in and take that sensor, um, is going to trigger an alert to the control panel, at, which results in the, uh, the response of your choice, you know, completely customized. So, um, you know, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a, a completely different kind of technology from any, anything else and, and has a number of advantages in that regard. And, and I think that the, the most important is the fact that we can protect almost anything, you mm -hmm. know, any, any so stationary Bill, object. So, Bill, I just want to, I'm just not quite sure. I, I know, does your system tie into the security system that's already in the home or is it something that's completely standalone? Well, it's, it could be, you know, it's flexible in that regard because it can either tie in with the system, a multitude of, of conventional systems, be they Honeywell, GE, DSC, Tyco, and a number of others, or it can, um, it, it, it can be uh, installed in our MAP system, uh, which is a standalone panel. So, um, if it's installed in the in the uh, existing system, um, or that same panel can be uh, you know can be repeated somewhere else in the home, uh, you know another panel of that same manufacturer, and it can be a standalone uh, or a dedicated system. Uh, again, which our security consultants recommend only because they just like to see this on a you know on a on a separate system altogether. But if it's um, if it's uh, integrated into the system, in the, into the control system, then we will work with the directly with the security installers in that regard. Um, however, if it's the MAP system, then uh, the sensors are pre pre-enrolled in the in the panel, and um, it's shipped uh, as a literally as a plug and play. So, and that has any number of advantages uh, in in terms of how that's. Uh, Set up and and uh, you know and uh, and and deployed in the home. So so, so Bill, to answer I'm, your I'm, question, I'm, it's comprehensive. So so Bill, I'm going to cut you off right here because uh, I'm going to show I'm going to show off how smart I am when it comes to art with this next question, and then you can continue on with that answer, which is where I think you were going anyways. Um, mm -hmm. So let's say I'm going to try to make off with your prized Mark Rothko number six. What's going to happen? And why couldn't I just dis deactivate the system? Yeah. Okay. Well, the, you know, the um, the sensor then will will detect that. It will alert the control panel, uh, and um, you know, again, what whatever response you want uh, could be 
uh, could be a phone call, uh, could be a you know a call to the police, uh, could be a text, an email, a, a various sirens, etc. Um, one of the things that uh, people always ask me is how, why not why not just introduce another magnet to the sensor and try to fool it so that you can take the other magnet away. Well, the minute you do that, um, or, or immediately, uh, that sensor will detect the presence of another magnet. And so you, uh, you know, it will set off the the alarm. This is a very hard system to. It's a very hard sensor to, uh, you know, to to uh, to fool. Um, uh, you know, it, you would literally have to move the sensor and the magnet away at exactly the same distance uh, and almost the same plane. So that makes it virtually impossible to, you know, to fool it. Um, Certainly, systems can be hacked, um, and the inter- you know the the internet can can go down. Uh, our map system has a number of, of backups for that, so um, it it, uh, it it makes it much much harder. So I would say that um, I, I would challenge anybody to uh, you know to try to to fool the system. Not for real, though. Not for real. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, listen. Some of the best paintings that are out there on the market are are images of sunsets. Uh, they may be images of wine glasses on beautiful tables that are overlooking ocean views. And what I find interesting is that every one of those paintings may have been done where we're having meetings this month for DEMA. So that was a pretty smooth transi- transition, wasn't it? That's great. Impressive. That was pretty good, wasn't it, DJ? I've been working on that one. So, Impressive. anyways. Um, our meetings nope. this tell month. Tell us where the meetings are. All right, all right. I'm going to tell you. So um, the uh, this month, uh, actually today, we have a, a meeting um, for the Orlando chapter. We'll be meeting today. Uh, we have a meeting tomorrow evening in the Bay Area. So if you're in San Francisco, please swing out there and uh, meet with Christopher West and his gang of uh, great private service professionals in the San Francisco market. On the 22nd, we'll be having a meeting in Chicago. We're going to be talking a little bit about wines. I will be uh, in town for that one, so please come on out, say hi, and uh, we can catch up and talk a little bit about uh, the private service industry. That'll be great. Um, Atlanta's back on the map on the 23rd, so it's great to have Atlanta back in the uh, in the fold in the meeting mixes. So that that'll be great. Um, on the 27th, we have a, a meeting with our Palm Beach chapter. The, the flamingos will be flying high. And uh, on the 28th, Miami, New York, and Scottsdale will all be vying for our members' time uh, to come to great meetings. And uh, once again, DJ, I should be in town for uh, for your meeting there in New York. So I look forward to uh, oh, that's great. Uh, to, to seeing you. So uh, the 29th, uh, it will be a Naples meeting. And then uh, we wrap things up at the end of the month uh, with uh, D.C. So really excited. We've got lots of meetings going on this month. Please take the time. Uh, A lot of our board members put a lot of time and effort into setting up these meetings, uh, whether it's the education that you come for, uh, the networking, or the location. Um, It's just extremely important to come out and support uh, the association and your local chapters. So um, I feel that there's uh, definitely room. That there's always room to get better, right, DJ? Uh, that's for sure. It's, a, it's an exciting project that the, the association is working on, and 
it's a need that's been long, long in the making. There's a lot of potential for growth in, in all the chapters. Absolutely. So uh, let's get back to the show here, and uh, we don't want to leave Bill too quiet for too long. Uh, Bill, are there any savings to be had um, from insurance companies? I know that there's a big cost for many high-end homes um, when it comes to the cost of insurance and you start claiming artwork, but how, how can uh, ArtGuard help uh, with the – or can they help uh, re- reduce the insurance yeah, we're working with the major carriers and brokers right now to um, who, who want to see uh, as much risk risk mitigation as possible. And, and I think it's you know it's certainly in their clients' behalf that they are thinking this, but as well as their own. So they have an extra impetus. Uh, you know, I mentioned before that if they lose a, a large piece of art, it not only means a, a huge payout, but uh, you know potential lawsuits, et cetera. So. There, you know, as the market grows and, and it is growing rapidly, and prices are continuing to to rise all over the place, um, you know, it's become truly a world market. Uh, the um, you know the, the the pressure on them to uh, you know to limit their uh, you know to, to limit their their risks is uh, is enormous. So we are working with them to um, you know to reduce that, uh, and uh, I would say within. A short period of time, we will have uh, the major carriers, including Chubb, Pure, Berkeley, AIG, and others, um, with uh, a uh, um, uh, with with a, a, a some kind of modification of the of the cost on on, on policies. And um, uh, we're also uh, issuing uh, upon installation. We're issuing. Certificates of installation, which uh, which a uh, which a home homeowner can uh, show to their uh, you know to their insurance company to tie this uh, tie this all together. So it's it's to answer your question, it's in development, but uh, we see uh, you know a uh, you know a, a very strong possibility that this uh, you know can can uh, reduce uh, a uh, a policyholder's cost. Bill, I'd like to ask a couple of questions. One. Um, Sometimes art gets moved from home to home. Like a lot of principals will have like multiple homes and they'll move their art from one place to the other. Would would you be able to move like the center and the piece of art like together, or how would that work if you were moving art pieces from different places? Yeah, it's very very simple. Uh, the the sensor and the magnet can go with the work. Um, in in the case of a um, uh, where it's installed in a conventional system, it would have to be reinstalled in the system at the new location. Um, with the map uh, system, that whole thing is completely portable. You can just, you know, you can disarm the system, um, uh, take take out the battery, and put it in a box and, and uh, ship it to the next location. You know, put that battery back in, plug it in, and uh, apply the sensors, and you're ready to go. So it is completely portable, um, along with the uh, with the monitoring contract. So um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know we prefer we prefer to have have homeowners have a system in every home, but if they uh, you know if they uh, want to move the system, it is it is completely portable. Right, and and I, you know we, it's easy to uh, when you think about artwork. To, to assume that it's a, a fairly substantial size piece, but what about something that's small or even like jewelry? 
Do you do do you do anything to accommodate like very small things? And would each like let's say you have a collection of of very small uh, items, would each one have its own magnet and its own sensor, or how would that work for small oh, items? Oh, good question. With with uh, with with small items, uh, particularly jewelry, collectibles, uh, memorabilia, and that type of thing, um, it's possible to protect multiple items with the same sensor. So um, let's say there were five items sitting on a desk or, or in a in a, a drawer or or, or, uh, or grouped in some way. Um, each of those would have a magnet on them and uh, a sensor uh, nearby which would detect the movement of all of them. And if one of those was removed, setting off the alarm, the rest would remain protected. Um, in this case, the, the only difference between that and a one-to-one on a, on a, on a painting or, or, or other large object is that um, there is a digital ID attached to the sensor. So um, in the case of uh, a situation where there were smaller items, um, it, would, it would give you the zone as opposed to the name of the, of the individual object, which you could have in, in other cases. Mm-hmm. So let me ask one last quick question. Uh, we talked about marbles earlier in the show mm-hmm. and how we're moving on from marbles. But one of the things that Matt and I like to, to ask all of our guests is sort of what they see as the trends for the future. And I'd be intrigued to know, as you look into your crystal ball 5, 10, 15 years from now in the world of art uh, security, where do you see things heading and what's, what's on the horizon for the future? Yeah, I think the industry is becoming more transparent. Um, there is more information available, as I said, and uh, you know, and uh, um, you know, even though few industries are more secretive than this, but um, I, I do think that there is a uh, a trend um, toward making clients smarter uh, about uh, preventing theft, and uh, and then there's a better chance of recovery of the art. Um, as uh, as you know, various institutions and, and authorities become a little smarter about that. Um, so that's good. I think that that the more informed people are, the more aware they are of the danger, um, so that they can do something. Um, so um, that's all positive. I, in terms of technology, the the one question I get always is, is about GPS, uh, about tracking. A uh, you know a painting uh, or or, some, or you know a piece of art. The problem with GPS is that it's you know like everything it's it's battery dependent and the battery has to be so large that you know that it, it causes the device to be large and if someone sees it on there who's who's who is stealing it they're just going to rip it off and if it does for some reason get out of the house it's going to last about an hour and a half. So microsizing in in every sense is going to be important in the future. Um, uh, and you know, could, that could, you know, and there could be developments in RFID and some others. But um, uh, you know, just microsizing the technologies, I think, is is important. Otherwise, I don't, uh, you know, I don't see much else on the horizon. So, but maybe we should start selling marbles as well, just to, you know, just to maybe, maybe an idea. I mean, yeah. that keeps everyone busy, too, while you guys are doing the art installation, right? <laughs> keep, a, keep a full line in, in stock, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Bill, one of the other questions that we always ask our guests is uh, your thoughts on professionalism, obviously dealing with 
uh, fine art goods um, is, is a very high, highly professional area. Uh, you need to know how to properly hang them. You need to know how to properly transport them, uh, how to install them. And DEMA is committed to encouraging and developing a strong sense of professionalism amongst all of its members. So I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are uh, from an uh, art guard perspective when it comes to um, the industry and how you guys try to uphold uh, industry standards as it pertains to professionalism. Sure. You know, our, our fortunes, like any company, will rise and fall on our ability to to manage expectations of whoever we're dealing with, be that the client the, uh, or anybody who's working on behalf of the client. Um, and so, you know, we always, we always give the benefit of the doubt, and, and uh, whether it's a security installer, an art handler, a house manager, et cetera. And we are, um, you know, available on, uh, over any, almost any communication platform to, to work with um, who is ever handling the system or the sensors to make sure that they are uh, going incorrectly, the protocol is being followed, and that, uh, that everybody is satisfied in the end. And then we follow up frequently. Um, so um, it's, it, it really is our you know, raison d'etre. I mean, we, 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 we really devote ourselves to that. Hey, Bill, I, I have a quick question for you. Um, you know, obviously we're going to give you an opportunity here to – to discuss how people can reach out and get in touch with ArtGuard and, and you in particular. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to ask if you could maybe give us a, uh, like a success story that you guys have, have had in the past that you might be able to share with our members that would apply directly to, to them so they might be able to bring this uh, idea back to the principal and share how ArtGuard can make a difference. Well, I mean, in, in terms of the home, which, which everybody uh, listening in, I, I assume, is, uh, is attached to, um, we've done a number of, of uh, high-end homes around the country, actually from Canada to Mexico, um, whether, it be the, uh, whether it be integrated sensors into a, an existing system or uh, the MAP system. More frequently, uh, the, uh, or more recently, the, the, the more the more frequent installations have been the MAP system. And that's, you know, for a number of reasons. And something that I didn't point out before and was, was uh, you know, uh, brought up to me by an insurance uh, company is that the MAP system can be put in and nobody but the person who's putting it in will know it's there. It's just, you know, it's operating 24-7 behind the scenes. So it's it's really, you know, discreet in, in that way. So we have, I, I can't, give the names of, of any of our clients. Uh, we just did a the home of a Russian billionaire here in New York. Uh, he must have had about uh, $500 million worth of art in the, in the home. Um, and um, But in terms of, of the actual performance of the, of the, uh, the map sensor, uh, one of the success stories is the Morgan Library here in New York, which was one of our first clients. And um, they have things sitting around on desks and on shelves uh, in uh, J.P. Morgan's library, and you know there's a constant stream of people in there. Uh, many many people uh, who who feel it's their privilege to you know pick things up and examine them, and um, so uh, you know they get alerts all the time. Um, you know it's it's part of the part of the game. No false alarms, but um, alerts when uh, when things are being picked up. So um, we know. 
you know, we know the system works. Uh, we'd love to hear more success stories. Um, uh, but if we don't hear anything, we, we, you know, at the same time we hear nothing is uh, amiss. Um, but um, I, I think that same success could, uh, you know, certainly apply to any of the homes that we install in. Bill, I wanted to just jump in. I, um, I think that in the course of Matt and I working on the podcast here with Dima Live, one of the things that we're really trying to do is to help our uh, folks who work in private service be equipped and to have resources and to have uh, references and knowledge about things that they can be proactive in. I know it's sometimes very easy when you work in private service to be so involved with just the day-to-day keeping the sheets clean and making sure the dinner is served and all the, just the basics of our job. But, you know, for the, for the private service professional that's really stellar and that's kind of doing the, the, the cut above, they're the, they're the private service professional that recognizes a need before their employer or before their principal does and then points that need out to their principal and says, here's a need I see within your household and here's something that I know about that I think could really be of benefit to you. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, to make sure that, that we kind of express that to our listeners because what you're talking about today is the kind of thing that, that will, will earn you a raise. If you go to your principal and you say, Mr. or Mrs. or whoever, here's a, here's a real need that I see in your home. You have a lot of art that's really sitting here kind of vulnerable you you here's a, a product that I think might be a very high interest to you. That's that's going to impress your principal, and that that is the kind of thing that we're. That's why we Matt and I are doing the podcast, and just to kind of help our our listeners have those great resources. And I just wanted to tell you how much what you've been sharing with us today has has been of value to us. I think, and and I would encourage our listeners to really take that home and, and think about that. And not only in the realm of art guard, but think about other things in your home that you can be doing proactively and, and have that kind of mindset as you approach your private service work. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I agree, I, 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 agree. I agree with you. I, and I think agree. it not only benefits the client, but it benefits the people working there because it, you know, it just gives everybody peace of mind that, that nothing is going to happen. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Bill, um, you, have a special offer that you'd like to extend to our membership, uh, to our DEMA members that are listening to the show today. Um, and also, in addition to that, could you also provide a contact uh, information for our membership to reach out directly to you? Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, we are extending a, a 15% discount on the MAP system until the end of May, um, which I understand will be up on the on the new website, according to Matt. Um, but uh, uh, until the end of May, 15% off the MAP system. I wish I could offer it on the sensors, but since we work through the security installer usually in that regard, um, it's a little more difficult. However, um, if, um, you know, if we get a, a contact from, directly from uh, one of the DEMA members, um, we, can, we can probably work with that as well. So please contact me about that and about any, any uh, questions uh, that you have. My phone number is 212-989-1594. Uh, you can reach me at bill at artguard.net. 
Um, you can go to our site uh, and contact me through that, artguard.net. Um, or if all else fails, you can Google Art Security, and, and we always come up pretty high on the list. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Bill. We really appreciate having you on the show. Uh, please reach out to Bill. If you cannot uh, remember how to contact him for some reason and you're listening to the show, um, please feel free to reach out to me directly, and I will get you in contact with him. DJ, as always, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to work with you side-by-side uh, side here on the radio show. And if you, the listener, have any questions regarding how you can become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA, or if you have questions about the private service industry, please feel free to contact us directly at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest that you'd like us to interview, please contact us at that same email. If you can't catch the show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern, and you'd like to listen to a previous episode, the show is available as a podcast on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, uh, where you can subscribe for both of those, and they will automatically be downloaded to your phone. We are working on a guest uh, currently for next week, and uh, we will be back, though, on the 22nd. And until then, I would like to thank you on behalf of all my colleagues and staff for allowing us to continue to serve those who serve others. <laughs>